0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton.
1: Amen. And so we're talking about the devotion of hearing the word, the devotion of hearing. And then at some point, we're also going to talk about the discipline of heeding. The devotion of hearing and the discipline of heeding. Because once you start hearing the word, you should start using the word. You should start operating in what you have heard. If you keep hearing and you don't operate in what you've heard, you can't go to the next level in God. And he can't promote you past your last state of disobedience if you're not where you think you should be, you got to go back and check to see if you were disobedient in an area. And if you were disobedient, just obey in that area so he can move you to where he wants you to be. Amen. So we're going to talk about the devotion of hearing and the discipline of heeding. And before we, uh, Palm Sunday and Easter snuck in there on us, and and I would have planned this a lot better. I apologize for that because I don't like stopping a series and then going back into it so please forgive me uh, that I didn't um, plan that better and I hope uh, that you find it in your heart to pick it back up on this side and uh, so I'm gonna try my best to preach it to where you can catch it and so we we, we've already covered some of this before so let me do a little recapitulation on where we ended up before Palm Sunday this is the prophet Amos now Amos was a businessman who turned profit so Amos was a very successful businessman as a matter of fact but he became a prophet He struggled to mobilize the nation because the nation had such evil behavior. And he, uh, as the man of God, he was trying to get the people to repent because God began to reveal to Amos what was coming if they didn't change their lifestyle. Uh So, in other words, Amos was coming to a group of people, much like the group of people that are here today, much like the group of people that are in the world today, and saying, you know what, the way that you're going is not the ways of the Lord, and you need to repent, because if you don't, there's something coming, and I want to prevent you from this impending danger that is absolutely going to be coming from God. So what we see here is a nation at this particular time in history, this nation was prosperous. You know, sometimes when you got a little money, you don't need God anymore. Uh-huh, you got all your little stuff now, you got all your little your little toys, amen. And so this nation was prosperous, so they didn't feel the need for God anymore. And they began to get callous towards hearing God, and and they began to disregard the word of God. And so God says, since they are disregarding what I am saying, I'm going to send a famine to the land because they don't want to hear me anymore. So we read in the book of Amos that it was it was not a famine of food and it was not a famine of water, but it was a famine of them not hearing the word of God. It wasn't that God just sent the famine. He sent the famine because they rejected his word. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing this with me here? So there is a point where God will give up on you. And you say, well, God is a loving God. doesn't mean that he won't give up on you. Amen? I think we need to read the Bible carefully because in the book of Romans, he gave them up. I mean, it was was very, like they say in Alabama, it was real specific. (laughs) It was real specific about that, right? He said, I gave them up. Why did he give them up? Because they kept doing what was wrong even though they knew it was right. OK, and so God says, if you want to keep doing wrong, knowing that what you're doing is wrong, you, you know that is wrong. For the Bible says, even though they knew God, they glorified him not as God. And they begin to do those things that were unnatural. And Y'all know what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. God is real clear in the Bible. So he says, OK, if you want to keep going down that path. OK, go ahead. Have it your way, since you are cantankerous and rebellious. I'm going to let you be. Now, 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 listen, just because you get delivered don't mean you're going to get the blessing. Oh, God, I'm going to mess up somebody's theology here today, Amen. See, there were millions of people who came out of Egypt, but they never went to the promise. Yeah, they were delivered from Egypt, but they never made it into Canaan. Why? Because of disobedience. Just because you delivered, don't mean you're going to get into everything that God has for you. That's why I read the Bible says faith comes. Just because you got delivered in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or last year. Faith comes. You got to have faith today for where God wants you to be tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This flies in the face of all that once-save-always-save stuff, too. It really does. I don't, I, I'd never believe that anyway, because I was out in the world and there was no way in the world. Let me just let me just I'll come back to my message. Let me I but see, you you don't have to be a theologian to just understand some basic things. I was in the world and I knew, I knew, somebody said he knew. I knew when I was in the world, I was not in church. I knew when I was in the world, if I just went to church. And I said a little prayer, but then I go back and do all my mess. I even knew that was wrong. Me. That didn't even feel right to me. I didn't go to church. But I knew when I went into church, I straightened up. When I could, when I wasn't staggering. But you see what I'm saying? I I was not one of those people who played with church. See, I I had a healthy respect of God, even though I didn't know him. I knew he was real. You cannot say God is not real unless you know everything. And if you don't know everything, then you can't say that God is not real. And by the way, when atheists say there's no absolute truth, well, how can they be absolutely sure? See, that's why I messed them up. Because I, I asked them, there, there, there is no absolute truth. Are you absolutely sure? Yes. Then that's absolute. <laughs> so your whole premise is based on a lie. You just you just th- kill his little theology right there. Because <laughs> atheism is a religion. It's, it's listed in, with the IRS as a religion, so I treat them as a religion. Amen? They're just following their own God. And they do have a holiday, praise God. I already told y'all that is April Fool's, but. Because they who said there is no God is a fool, the Bible says. So that's their holiday. Praise God. So God sent a famine to this Old Testament historical account because the people of God, they didn't want to hear God's words anymore. Kind of like some of the people today. And this is why I'm trying to bring uh, something that happened in the Old Testament. I'm bringing it into today so that we can compare some of the conditions of the people then. And we can kind of see some of the conditions today. Amen. So listen, let me just say this. Back then. They were more content with formalism rather than substance. Formalism. Do we see that today? Yeah. You just have a form of godliness, but you deny the power. Right? Just formalism. You're just, you just going through Christian calisthenics. You, just, you, just, you know the motions. You know what to do. You know when to sit up, just stand up, sit down. You know all of that stuff. You can go to church. I mean, I got, I got a good, good friend that I work with. He, he's, he's a good, uh, I was getting ready to say the denomination. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> he was, he, he's a good one. It's a different denomination, right? And so he says, man, I had a good Sunday. I went to church, and then I came home and made me some beer, and it was some good beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good Sunday, praise God. And so, <laughs> you know, so his, his idea of just going to church and making some beer, you know, he said, yeah, I was going to call my pastor over and, and drink a little with me. It was a good batch. Yeah, having formalism, just a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I'm just saying, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying this is what I'm hearing. This is what I see. Praise God. And, and obviously it's okay with them because that's no conviction there. Because, see, what they do doesn't convict me. What I do convicts me. And you can't bring your convictions on other people. That's where you are wrong. You can't do that. I, I get people ask me, well, Pastor, you know, um, what about the drinking thing? You know, in the smoking thing. You can do whatever you want to do. Hello? I choose not to do it because I don't want to blow my witness with people. Because you never know who's struggling with cigarettes or who's struggling with alcohol. Right? And you can hurt somebody's walk because they look at you as being a strong Christian. And you're struggling in something. You're trying to tell them to stop. And by the way, why would you be bound by something that you're greater than? So let me just go there. I refuse to be bound by something that I'm greater than. Jesus is greater than cigarettes or alcohol. The people who want to do that, they do it because that's what they desire to do, because they are slaves to their nature. And whatever you obey, Apostle Paul says, you are a slave to. So whatever people want to do, that's their business. If they're not convicted, it's surely not going to convict me. They want a freedom with no boundaries you see that today? Yeah, yeah. I want to be saved, but I want to fornicate too. I want like that salvation fornication. That's in the Bible, right? It's got to be in the Bible somewhere. It's got to be. It's, gotta, it's in there. It's in there. It's, it's hidden. It's one of those hidden messages in there. Subliminal. It's in there. It's got to be in there because that's what people want to do today. But the, the book of Jude chapter 4 says we do not have a license for immorality. In other words, we don't have a get out of hell free card. It's not free. Jesus had to pay for us to get in. Salvation is free, but it's gonna cost to stay saved. Amen. And it's always more to keeping something than to getting it. <laughs> That's what my dad always said. <laughs> yeah, you get it, but then what you gonna do when you got it? Amen. Come on. It was easier getting married than staying married. Hey, glory. So I had to I had to get a quickening on that one, boy. Because I love being in my marriage, but it was a time. When we ain't like each other, we didn't. She'll tell you right now. She'll tell you, and she she don't even, she'll tell me. She'll tell you. I'm not even around. She'll still tell you <laughs> <laughs> that there were times she she didn't like me. She loved me, but she ain't like me. Praise God,
0: cause I'm such a
1: likable person. She didn't beat me, but it was got kind of tough. That's why I'm taking her to Puntacana next <laughs> next Saturday. <laughs> so, so <laughs> see, y'all ain't right. We're not supposed to be doing this kind of stuff at church. <laughs> We're supposed to be dignified and pious. Uh, that's not this kind of church. For those of you that are listening to this message by podcast. This is not one of them old dignified churches up in here, amen? We like to have fun, praise God. Let me move on before y'all mess me up. So those people, they preferred cultural modalities to spiritual holiness, right? And so they they were willing to capitulate to what the culture was doing, sort of like. (laughs) So it's like man's standards versus God's standards. Man's standards is talking about uh, diversity and inclusion. God's standards is unity and separation. Oh, let me say that one more time. Maybe you missed it. Man's standard is diversity and inclusion. God's standards is unity and separation. I think those two don't, they don't mix, right? So it's the difference of capitulating to what your nature wants to do and living holy and righteous. Two totally different standards, amen? And and, and that's God's standard. His standards don't change just because the culture wants to do other things. Uh, Let me go a little step further. His standards doesn't change just because a law does. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Um, I think I can. Okay, y'all said I could. His standards don't change just because the government says it's okay. Just telling you that right now. God does not care what our government does. He does not care what kind of law man passes. God says, I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. So if God is not changing, guess who needs to be doing the change? Somebody say, he's talking about me. So this is what the state of the, the people back then. And so they couldn't hear the word of God, not because God just didn't want to send it. They didn't want to hear it. But what about us today? Are we hearing the word of God today? If we're not, then there may be some things hindering us from hearing the word. So I talked about three things last week. I'm going to go into these real quickly and then we're going to go right back into some other attributes. One of the attributes I talked about last week or that would, I mean, sorry, three weeks ago that would hinder our ability to hear God was living in complacency. You remember that story? I talked about the guys that was in the rowing in the boat. You know, we talked a little bit about that. They, they saw Jesus just like Peter. Okay, praise God. And so they saw. <laughs> huh? So they saw Jesus walking on water. All of them saw Jesus. But Peter is the only one that got out of the boat. See, we can be complacent in where we are because it's comfortable. Don't, there you go. Thank you, sister. She said, you don't want to change. And if you don't want to change, that's okay, but you're going to be at ease. Uh, yeah, and Amos chapter 6 says, Woe to Zion who are at ease. Uh huh. So, so it's not good to be a Christian and complacent. God would allow you to be complacent, yes, if you just want to be comfortable, uh, you know what, I, I just don't want to be challenged on that level. Yeah, then you'll never grow. A a rubber band only works when you stretch it. Muscles are only developed through resistance. Your faith is not going to develop without exercise. Living in complacency. Living in pride was number two. A a man's pride will bring him low. First come pride, then what? The fall. Pride is one of those things, boy, I tell you, because man, man, I tell you, I know everything. Praise God, especially in a marriage. (laughs) I tell you what, my daddy knows everything. And I believed it for many years. Everything, everything. There's some marriages right now, the man knows everything. He'll tell you that, too, if you don't believe it. I learned when I got married. I didn't know n- nothing so God has a way of showing you if you really know something or not, right? I didn't know what we were doing praise god we we made it hallelujah twenty years later, we made it, but guess what we we do it we did a lot of falling out, but we also did a lot of fellowshipping hallelujah. right, and some people fall out to fellowship. And then they fall out again, praise God. Hallelujah. But whatever works. Amen? Because a threefold cord is not easily broken. As long as you keep God in it, keep your flesh out of it, you can survive. Most of it comes to pride, though. Marriages fail because of pride. The third one is living morally corrupt. And I gave you this statement. I said, when sin is ignored, it will, it will metastasize. It will grow. It's just like a cancer. If you ignore sin in a church, that sin will take over that church. It will grow. It will metastasize. It will link up and hook up with other people and everybody else will start sinning, especially if the pastor is sinning. That's why you must know who you are serving. You need to know who your leaders are because we have a no tolerance policy with a lot of stuff. And these leaders know I don't play games when it comes down to hurting you. I will cut you off in a minute, but I love you. I just feel that the people of God deserve better than what some of these churches are giving. Amen. Everybody has to live to the same standard. And I am so sick of these little cliques and little groups and churches, and they are the elite group. And they can do everything, but everybody in church got to live to a godless standard. That is not God, and it's not going to happen in here. So let's go to the new attributes that I'm trying to give you today. So uh, in Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, verse 14, let me give you the word of God. Is this good so far? All right, so I'm going to probably give you maybe two. That's all I can give you because I want to get you out of here. I have learned not to rush my messages anymore. I give you what I got, and then we're going home. Amen? Amen. And we'll pick it back up on the other side. Praise God. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Let me read some scripture here for you in your hearing, uh, so you can hear what the next two attributes I'm getting ready to give you two, as a matter of fact. Two attributes. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. When you get there, say I have it. And so this now, most of us know this story. Uh, um, I'm going to paraphrase the first part. Uh, there was this father that brought his son the disciples this boy had an evil spirit uh, in him so this father took his son to the disciples to cast the demon out and uh, they failed they failed miserably so the father now is taking the son to Jesus and so let's pick it up in verse 19 it says and he answered him and said faithless generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I bear with you bring him to me so Jesus is telling the father to bring his son to him. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Uh, this, this is nasty. Demons are nasty beings. Demons are not something to play with. You cast them out, and they're foul-smelling beings. They, you, you people who uh, are, uh, when they're delivered, you will see them uh, throw up stuff. You will see all kinds of foam. Uh, demons, uh, demons are real, but, 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 but God is realer. Can I say that? Amen? And so I, I'm not here to glorify demons w- whatsoever. Demons are defeated. And if we use the authority that we have, we won't have to deal with demons. We just cast demons out. Amen? Say you don't have time to be talking about, what's your name? <laughs> you ain't got time for all that. <laughs> demons are liars. They're going to lie to you. They're going to lie. They're going to lie. My name is Richard. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing, Richard. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I don't know where that came from you must have been on my heart cause I mean (laughs) praise God, hallelujah, thank you Jesus (laughs) praise God so no, no they're gonna lie to you, praise God you don't need to play with them, cast them out you know what, cast them out, tell them to say the name of Jesus cause if they can't say the name of Jesus they still got the demon. so so demons will not say the name of Jesus amen It's, it's pretty clear, Jesus never played around with demons and we'll see this clearly here. And he asked the father, how long has, he, has this been happening to him? This is verse 21, guys. And he said, from, a ch- from his childhood. So this young boy has been possessed for, for a long time. And often he has thrown him both in the fire and into the water to destroy him. So one of the demons in this boy was a demon of suicide. Was trying to kill this boy. Threw him in the fire, threw him in water. So this demon was trying to kill this young man. Uh, apparently there was something great going to happen to this boy, and I wish I knew the history of him after he got delivered, what his life was like afterwards. That, that would be a great story right there, right? But, but, but it's, it's, it's silent. I don't. The Bible doesn't say any, anything more about him. And often, uh, I'm sorry, verse 23 says, And Jesus said to him, uh, If you can believe, you see what Jesus said here? Somebody say if. See, see when you understand the context of Scripture, It's always a choice. If is a conditional word. If says, you got to make a choice right here. Jesus says, I can't do this one for you. So Jesus, this is Jesus, it's read in my Bible. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If, which means everybody do not believe. Everybody in the church are not believers. They may be Christians, but they're not believers. You can you know it because of the way they talk. It's always negative. It's always something. Whether the devil did this and the devil. Why is the devil always in your house? Because, see, if the devil is always in your house, that means you have no light on. Mm. <laughs> Yes, God. So you might need to turn the light on. And the only way you're going to be able to turn the light on, you got to get some light in you. Yeah, Fighting with no demons. There ain't no demons in my house. As soon as they come, they got to go. They jet. Yeah, I know that that's ghetto for leave. <laughs> Sorry. So Jesus says, if, if, if you can believe, man, all things are possible for him to believe. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said in tears. Now this, to me, is probably one of the most honest assessments that a man can give about himself ever that I've read in the Bible. This father said this. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, that is one of the most humble prayers in all of Scripture. Even, I would say, even more humble than David when he got found out with Bathsheba. When David just fell out in the floor. Lord, give me a clean heart, oh God, and magnify me a right spirit. David was David was hurt. <laughs> see, he cried out to God too late. He should have cried out before he asked for Bathsheba to come to his house. Amen? So, but that's another story. So, this father said, Lord, I, I have somewhat of a belief, but I do have some parts of me that don't. That's pretty honest. So, so th- okay, that was then. That's now, do you have some parts of the Bible that you believe, but there are just some parts you just haven't grasped yet? You just don't quite understand if it would happen for you. Now, oh, come on, come on, come on now. You've seen it happen for other people, but you're just not sure if it will happen to you. Now, if you make an honest assessment, there will probably be probably somebody sitting next to you. Or somebody in your seat. Okay, let me make this personal since ain't nobody saying nothing. I have believed parts of the Bible, and I saw other parts that other people walked in. I just didn't feel like I could. So I did have a belief in some of it, but then I had an unbelief in others. So this father was me. So when you read the Bible, the Bible will read you. So I saw myself in this father, and I didn't didn't get down on the father because I was like, God, that's me. Right? Anybody else seen that, seen yourself in that? I'm telling you, even today I still struggle with some areas. Just being honest with you. Because depending on what's going on in your life will determine those things. I mean, one of the greatest challenges was last year. I mean, I had never had to deal with cancer before. But when that doctor said aggressive form of cancer, oh, my God, that shot my faith. It was like, oh, man, really? Now, I've never had to believe for myself to get healed from cancer. But I was okay with believing for somebody else. See, it was a whole different ballgame then. I can lay hands and rebuke the devil. Cancer got to go in Jesus' name. But then when it's me. Amen. Anybody else with me, with me on that? So so yes. So this father, that was a great assessment. It was honest. I love it because he didn't lie. And if it had of, Jesus would have found out anyway. So you might as well just be honest with Jesus. Verse 25. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you come out of him and enter him no more. Jesus did not ask the spirit its name. And I know, I know, I know, I know already you're going to go to that part when Jesus asked the demon what his name was, and he said we are legion because we are many. Don't use that as a doctrine like the Catholic faith does to do exorcisms. And they in there, demon, what's your name? I don't care about their names. And why should you? All I know is you got to come out, plain and simple. Get rid of them. Don't play with them because if you play with them, they're gonna get you. And made it, m- but, but, but <laughs> make sure you do have a relationship with Jesus before you play with demons, amen. Because there was seven sons of Sceva over there in the Book of Acts. That that they they had they had formalism, but they denied the power. So they came to a demon and said, "We're Jew you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches." Well, it was not good. The Bible says, now, when the demon says something about you, that, that's not that's not good for you. It's not good for you. The demon says, well, Paul, Paul, we know Paul. Because Paul, Paul is killing us. He's casting us out. We know Jesus. We can't even get around Jesus. We run. As soon as we know he's in the, the country, we run running." Well, who the H-E-L-L is you? (laughs) We don't know you. The Bible said that they jumped on them, stripped them naked, and they left the house. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) They didn't have on any clothes. They were naked and bleeding when they ran out of the house because they had a form of godliness. Asking names. What you asking names for, that's a form of godliness. They don't really understand the authority that they have in the name of Jesus. And that's, that's true because the Catholic faith, if they're, un, if they're orthodox, they believe Jesus is still yet to come. So if he's still yet to come, then you can't use his name. Because if you don't know Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for the church, then you don't have the ability to operate in the authority that he gave us. You're here with me this morning, Amen. Amen, Amen. Are you getting this? All right, okay. You know, let's read some more. Let's read some more. So Jesus rebuked the devil. Verse twenty-six. Then, the, verse twenty-six says, Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, because they don't want to let go. They never want to let go, and came out of him, and he became as one dead. He fell on his face like he was dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him. Now, now here comes the disciples who tried to cast the demon out and they couldn't. So they wouldn't ask Jesus in front of people. So they took him away privately so that we can have a little chat. Because I'm sure they were a little upset. So they took him off privately and they asked Jesus, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So the attribute that will hinder us, there's two of them in this passage, the attributes that will hinder us from uh, being able to hear the voice of God is living in fear and unbelief. So now, I got to ask you this question because I've, I've had some debate about this when Jesus said this kind. Now, if you look at the context of the scripture, It will determine what the context is. The context of the scripture is dealing with unbelief. The context of the scripture is not dealing with demons. Because Jesus never had a problem with them. So Jesus didn't have to have a whole theological context of scripture to tell you how to cast demons out. He just cast them out and said, go do what I did. So this is these this passage these passages of scripture is not dealing with how to cast out demons. So when Jesus said this kind, he obviously was not talking about casting out demons. So what was he talking about? He said this kind talking about unbelief. This kind of unbelief does not be will not be removed from you except by prayer and fasting. So maybe, I'm, 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 I'm speculating, this is not doctrinal, I can't prove it by the scriptures, but maybe the disciples had got so comfortable with Jesus, because before all of this, every time they went into a city, they cast out devils. Maybe they got comfortable, they got complacent, they, they started getting back into the routine of things, and they didn't even desire the master anymore, because they were so consumed with what the master was doing. See, we can get so consumed about the things that God does that we forget about God. And Jesus will always take us back to the Father. He said, don't don't even worry about what I'm doing. He said, the things that I do, come on, saints of God. He said, the things that I do, you shall do, and greater work shall you do. Because why? I'm going to be with the Father. So he's saying, don't even look at everything that I'm doing. You're going to do more, greater things than I have done. Why? Because there's more of you in the world than me. He was one person, and he could only be in one place at one time because he was a man. But then when we are filled with the Spirit of the Son, we can be in a multiplicity of places at one single moment. That's why we're doing greater works right now. So when you pray and you fast, that gets all of the unbelief out of you. It connects. You make a greater connection with God like never before. And then the other one is uh, fear. When we start talking about fear, fear is one of those things that will incapacitate you and you won't even move. There's some Christians afraid of all kinds of stuff, got a lot of phobias. But he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But fear is one of those things. <laughs> When you're overcome with fear, it's just like you can't move. I I remember when I had to do my first sermon. And most of the time when I have to preach anyway, I hate coming out of my office because it's like, I told an an elder this morning, I said, man, from from my office to that chair, many times I want to just get in my car and go home. Because I got to talk to God's people, and I want to make sure that what I'm saying to God's people is what God wants me to say. Fear is one of those things that will prevent you from getting promoted in the kingdom. And I know where it's coming from. It's coming from your nature. (laughs) Now you want to know where that's coming from, right? Well, we can go there. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 8, verse 3. So unbelief will hinder your devotion. Hearing the word of God, fear will hinder you too. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn to Genesis chapter 3. Where did this fear come from and why we get so fearful? Well, it comes from our first parents. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to start reading at verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. And that the tree desirable to make one wise. She took. Somebody says she took. See, first she saw. Somebody says she saw. She saw. <laughs> she saw. Somebody says she took. Of its fruit and ate. So she ate. Come on, say it. She ate. She saw. She took. She ate. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you got that part. And then, oh. Uh, She gave, she saw, she took, she ate, and she gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Praise God. And and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. They heard God walking. They heard him. They heard God speaking, but they hid. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you, boy? That's my Bible, not in yours. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. So fear comes as a result of disobeying God. See, this woman took, she, 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 she saw, she took, she ate, she gave. Now, I want to show you a principle here that works so well in the church and in the world. It does. That's why you have to be careful who you allow into your life. I'm not saying not to be friendly, but there's a difference between being friendly and you just letting people into your life, right? She, She saw, she took, she ate, she gave, he ate. Now, she saw it and she took it. This is a spiritual principle you need to see here. The devil didn't give it to her. She took it. He had to convince her to get it. So whatever... You got. The devil didn't give it to you. You took it. (laughs) No, the devil didn't make you do it. He convinced you to do it. He deceived you. But the sin is what you took. See, that that clears it up over there in the book of James, too, about being in sin. That when you are tempted, don't say that anybody is tempted of God, right? because every man is drawn away by his own <laughs> so so you can't even blame the devil it didn't even say that every man is drawn away by the devil it says every man is drawn away by his own lust and enticed the word enticed in the greek means to catch by bait so listen 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 randy tell you cuz he's a fisherman right so randy got to have the right bait for the specific fish to catch, right, Randy? Right. But listen, it does not matter how pretty that bait is if the fish ain't hungry, they're not eating. So the problem is really not the bait. The problem is our hunger. Amen. Oh, I might be in the wrong church. I ain't lie. Y'all looked at me like the deer in the headlights when I said that one. So so, but if you ain't hungry, you're not eating. So if Mrs. Adam, because her name was Mrs. Adam at this time, her name didn't change until after the fall when Adam named her Eve. But at this moment, her name was Mrs. Adam. So when Mrs. Adam took it, she ate, she gave. Now, this is what happens, guys. Let's close here. This is what happens. When people sin, they sin by choice. But usually it's not enough to sin by yourself. So she didn't sin by herself, Alvin. She gave to her husband. So she went from being a saint to a sinner to a tempter. She put herself in the position of the serpent. At that moment, the devil had to leave. He, didn't, he only need anything now because now she's the serpent. Because now she's the one that just tempted her husband. With the fruit he convinced her to take. Are you seeing this with me, guys? Amen. Are you here with me? Yes. Amen. Amen. So that's what people in the world do. Well, I like doing this. You know, you'll like that too. Uh, y'all just come to the club with me. Come on, just come to the club. Come on, you're going to have so much fun. And I got this and da 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 And we'll do that. and We'll do this. You get to the club. They, they, they slip your little Mickey. You wake up naked. Don't know whose house you in? Y'all know what Mickey's are, right? <laughs> I ain't lying. I might be sh- <laughs> You know, that's easy to do, slip of something in your little drink. Right? Yeah. Oh, they Molly's now? <laughs> okay, they changed the name. <laughs> Praise God. Oh. Mickey and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I watch Criminal Minds. You have to be careful. Y'all watch that show, Criminal Minds. Man, there's some psychopath out there, man. You have to be really careful, and they don't care nothing about you being a Christian. And so, so listen, so so the wages of sin is death, right? So sh- this was death. This was spiritual death that they made a decision to fall into. The devil did not make them do it. They made a choice to do it. Hello, we got to stop blaming the devil for making bad choices on our own. We give him entirely to much credit sin leads us to fear fear causes us to hide from God a lot of times when people are in sin they don't want to come to church now what they're going to tell you is the church is judgmental that's what they're going to say but that's not it they just don't want to get convicted that's what that I mean. Because the church, by, 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 by all intents and purposes, most churches are very loving places. You can go there. They love you. Now, there are some churches that need some help, but but, but, but most, most are, are okay. But you just don't want to hear what God has to say. Amen? So it's not about being being judged. It's about I don't want to change. I like doing what I'm doing. Amen? And so that's what most of this is all about when they don't want to come. But when they're in sin... Just like our first parents, they hide. Even when the church called them, I ain't talking. And then three weeks later, didn't nobody call me. Yeah, I know it. Fear and unbelief will hinder us from hearing the word of God. I'm going to give you this last one when we're going home. Psalm chapter 55. Psalm chapter 55. We're going to do this one, and we're out of here. Psalm chapter 55, turn there, this is good, this is really good, this is going to bless you. These are things that will hinder you from hearing the word of God, and I don't want anything to hinder you from hearing, because I believe some of you guys got some pretty critical things that you need to hear, amen? Amen. You've been asking God for some stuff, and you want him to be real specific about what you've been asking, and so I want to make sure that you are equipped with what you need so that you can get, you can hear what God has to say. So, chapter 55, verse 12, I'm going to start reading while you're there, for For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throne. And that word throng is together. So another attribute that would prevent you from hearing the word of God is offense. This this is a brother that was hurt, not by an enemy, but by a friend. See, in reality, some people have the greatest hatred towards people that used to be the closest to them. You will see people that grew up as best friends cannot stand each other's guts right now because of something. Didn't matter what it was, it was something. Amen? So, so, so people that are close to you, they can hurt you like nobody else can, right? They get offended. So offense will prevent you from hearing the word of God because you are using another person to tell you that that person controls your limitations. Because unless you get past that offense, do you realize that the Bible teaches that your prayers will not be heard? There's several scriptures, and one that comes to mind right now that says that when you come to the altar with your gift, if you remember that a brother is offended, leave your gift at the altar and go and reconcile with that brother. Because actually, if you had done that, you were just going through formalism. Because God would have seen the offense in your heart. There's a passage in in the book of Proverbs that says, that, that a man offended is like a strong city. I think it goes something like that. It's like a strong city. So when you look at a strong city, they had high walls so that they would be protected, right? And that's what happens when a person is offended. They build up these high walls so they will be protected. And, and what are they protect, being protected from? They don't want anybody to get in to hurt them anymore. So it's, 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 it's a protection mechanism. They're saying, okay, you're not going to get up in here because I ain't going to let you hurt me no more. So they build up these walls, right? So nobody can get in. Nobody can get in behind those walls, but you can't get out either. Mm -hmm. So you're just stuck because you are offended. The word offense, if you look it up in the Greek, it means this, the word offend, and I'm done. It means if you were to look at a trap, The word offense actually means the bait on the trap. Okay, let me get that mental picture here. Because normally what you try to do on a trap, hide the trap with the bait. You don't want the fish to see the hook. You just want them to see that little wiggly thing. That's how the devil do men. You don't see the hook. You just see the wiggly thing. (laughs) <laughs> praise God boy you see that right there but see you missed the hook and then, then three weeks later you're having lunch you shouldn't be you're in a place you don't need to be you're saying stuff about your marriage you shouldn't be talking about you just got hoodwinked that's offense when you are offended guys it's a trap for you. See, the enemy don't want you to break out of your own walls. He wants you to stay in there because he knows if you stay in there, you ain't going to do nothing for God. Because everything that you try to do, you're going to blame. Oh, shoot, I'm just offended. I'm not going to do nothing right now. I just want the church to leave me alone. And the church will. Trust me, I'll leave you alone. I don't have no problem with that at all. Now, if you want, get some help. we got We'll help you. But for people who just want to be left alone, you just need to leave them alone. Let them work through it. Amen? Because, see, sometimes what we tend to do, we put our fingers in it, and God says, if you don't stop putting your finger in it, and then God will have to fix something for that person to get that person to realize what God wants him to do, and then here you go. You keep putting your hand in it, right? And God had to refix it. Because he's trying to teach them something. He wants you to get out of it so that he can teach them something to come to him, not to you. But there you go again. You're putting your little hands in it. So God says, okay, I'm going to leave them alone, and I'm going to start messing with you. Since you won't leave your hands out of it, I'm going to put something else in your hands, give you a project to work on so you can leave this project alone. Yeah, I don't, Y'all don't like that kind of preaching, do you? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So sometimes you have to pray and say, God, guess what? I'm turning them over to God. That's not a bad thing, actually. That's the best thing. When they're in the hands of God, that's the best place for them to be. And all you need to do is just send your prayers. That's it. So you can sleep good at night. I like sleep. I love sleep. I like sleeping. I don't get a lot of it, but I love it. When I sleep, I sleep. Don't I, baby? Sometimes I snore when I sleep because I'm tired. But who likes sleeping? Who likes sleeping? I love sleeping because we don't get a lot of it. But I sleep good at night because I know when I come up here, I'm going to preach the truth. And we love hard. We do. We love hard. We're going to love you for real, and it's genuine. I don't think there's anybody in here who would think that we're we're people who are fake. We love you for real. There's no fakery about it. But a lot of times when you love people hard, you also get hurt hard. Amen? And the dagger is just as sharp. You know, but me and Elaine have learned, if you're going to stab me, let me just turn around. Just go and get a good one. Get it all in there, and then when it's all said and done, I'm going to still love you. Because guess what? I've, I've got to get to heaven. I don't have time to be offended, and I don't have time throwing the javelins back. Amen? Amen. Are you here with me this morning? Come on and give him a praise in Jesus' name. <laughs> so listen, uh, s- several things we got to deal with, guys. we got to deal with being complacent. We've got to deal with our pride. We've got to deal with being morally corrupt. We've got to deal with our unbelief. And we have to deal with our fears. Amen? So those are some attributes that will hinder us from hearing the words of the Lord. And, and we're going to get into the rest of this. Um, um, and we're going to finish this series, praise God, one day. <laughs> but I just want you to know, God is always speaking. But I found myself in some of these that I had to deal with. And you have to do this how, how often? Every day, saints, I'm telling you, every day, the pastors, the preachers, the apostles, the deacons, the elders, the the teachers, everybody, Every every day have to do this, right? Nobody is exempt. Amen. So what I want to do is give you some tools because I do want you to hear the voice of God. It's going to be critical what you hear from God and not from man. Amen. It's going to be critical that when you read the word of God, what is God saying to you? Right? Amen. You love the word? Okay, give God a praise in Jesus' name.
0: We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.